Arizona football looks to move on to 2024, and there are a lot of reasons to be excited. We go position by position. We talk off-season developments and what this means for 2024. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, and thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listener today. This show is brought to you by FanDuel. All right, Arizona football. This was a season for the ages this past year, and I think a big part of it obviously was Jed Fish followed through on promises. Now, going into the year, we th- I thought that Arizona was probably going to be a six or a seven win team. All I wanted was a bowl game, and Jed Fish said, you're silly, we're going to get 10 wins out of this. Um, and that's exactly what happened with Arizona, and it was uh, it was outstanding to see the talent across the board, just the overhaul, the players at each position. Um, what Arizona was able to do was absolutely astounding. And again, a huge, uh, obviously, a huge part of that is Jet Fish and what happened. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about we're going to go position by position. Then we're going to talk about offseason needs, who's been added, and uh, the latest. But first, Jacob Kungaika has entered the uh, transfer portal. That's a loss. Um, a lot of times when guys leave, you're like, eh, it's not really a loss. Jacob Kangaika is a loss. I thought that he had starting potential this coming year. And not only did I think he had starting potential this coming year, I thought he could have been a real difference maker at the D tackle position. That's a problem. But again, you're bringing back big Bill Norton. You got some other players, obviously there as well. Arizona is going to be just fine, but you wish that Kangaika had it moved on. Um, but let's just go quarterback first. Noah Fafita, um, not really sure what else to say about Noah Vita, other than the fact that the kid is an absolute winner and an outstanding football player and somebody that this community is going to rally behind for a for the next three years. Um, listen, you watch him play. You watch the way that he climbs the pocket, the way that he can spray the ball around. He's just. He is. Uh, he's just a really, really good football player, and players gravitate towards him. He's got obviously a, uh, a synergy with T-Mac that's explainable because they've been around each other for so long, but he has just been, like I said, a next level uh, player and he's going to be on Heisman list next year um, at 10 and three uh, Arizona drastically outperformed expectations. They're also going to go into the season or the off season on a seven game winning streak. And in that you will beat some pretty good teams. Obviously you beat Oklahoma, you beat, um, excuse me, you beat, uh, you beat Utah when they were good. Um, you beat uh, Oregon State. You had some nice wins in there. It wasn't like you were just playing ASUs. So now, what does Arizona need to do then at that quarterback spot? Just keep maturing. Honestly, there wasn't a lot to really nitpick about Noah Fafita. Even when he was under constant pressure like he was against o- in the Oklahoma game, he still was able to ball out and he was still was able to make plays. That was something that I think was incredibly impressive. And I think if you're a Wildcat fan – You've got to be incredibly enamored about what uh, the future holds, especially at that quarterback position. Um, it because again, you got Fafita, you got Demond Williams coming in, four star kid out of uh, four star kid out of Basha. You also got Braden Dorman, uh, four star kid. Let's not forget about him. So you got four star talent, and then you got Dash Byerly coming in the following year. As long as no Jet Fish is here, they should have good QB talent. Now at the running back spot, you obviously lose. 
Michael Wiley and you lose DJ Williams. Michael Wiley is more of a loss from the pass catching perspective because he really uh, excelled at that this past year. DJ Williams you love because he was that downhill physical runner, but Jonah Coleman is certainly ready to take the reins. Um, not only is Jonah Coleman ready to take the reins, I think that uh, anybody watching him knows that um, he could be, if he gets enough carries, he could be an all-conference back. He could be a 1,300, 1,400-yard back. Then you might see him head off to the NFL. Um, but after that, then it gets a little interesting. I think you're going to see Rayshon Speedy Luke, fam, as we affectionately call him, take a real step forward. Um He's obviously, he's put on a ton of really good weight. I think he's going to come in at about 185, 190. And I think he's going to get the ball 10, 11, 12 times per game, bare minimum. And I think you're going to see a different fam out there. Because again, you got carries to give around. You've got or carries to give out. You've got Michael Wiley moving on, obviously. You got DJ Williams. And fam is the only person that can really, that really has that breakup of, uh, uh, that that kind of that ability to make make people miss and really take it to the house. Now you could say, well, Jordan Washington, Brandon Johnson, that's fair, but these guys are also a little bit younger. Fam's been in the system now for two years. Um, I look for him and uh, uh, Jonah Coleman to be kind of a thunder and lightning uh, type backfield. Very excited to see what they can both do there. I'm uh, totally cool with that. In the portal, you might be cool to be a bring in a bruiser type, but who knows? We'll see what happens there. Then at the receiver spot. Um, you bring back uh, Tedaroa McMillan, who will be a consensus first team All-American by pretty much every publication out there. And if they don't have him as a uh, preseason All-American, it's because they're idiots. Then after that, you've got uh, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, who I'll be honest with you, I would like to see to play a little bit less this coming season. Um, he's a solid player, but he also is not going to ever be somebody that's going to take over a game. I would like to see the starting uh, wide receivers be Malachi Riley and Kevin Green. I think they're ready for it. They give you a, both a little bit different uh, action there. I think with uh, Malachi Riley being about 6'3", he's faster than Montana. And I think that he's shown that he's got a little bit of the, you know, he's got a little bit more of a burner jet type feel to him. And obviously Kevin Green as well. Um, I love Kevin Green out of the slot. I don't think that he's going to be Jacob Cowing, but I also do believe that he's going to be um, a guy that's going to be able to get open. I think he could be seven, eight, nine hundred yards. I think the receiving unit's going to be just fine. I don't. I, I'm kind of happy they didn't add anybody, to be honest with you, because I think these guys are ready to step in there. Then at receiver or at tight end. Obviously, Tanner McLaughlin has moved on to the NFL. I would expect Tanner McLaughlin to play in the NFL for uh, quite a while. I'm ready to see Kean Burnett. I think, you know, Kean has, uh, he's paid his dues. Um, obviously, he's an interesting spot because he didn't have a ton of coaching in high school at that position, you know, and they'll freely admit that. I think that he's uh, two years in the system. I think he's going to be ready to rock and roll. Um, I, I could see him being an NFL talent. Keep in mind, this kid was committed to SC. And not only was he committed to SC, he was also um, somebody who, you know, he just he just looks the part. You talk about the all-airport team, and that's Key and Burnett. And then after that, you got a Tyler Powell who's thin, but I think he's got some ability to him. And then um, 
you know, honestly, I think you got a lot of different players to look at. But at tight end, I'm more than okay with that. Then at the uh, uh, the offensive line, the offensive line is fascinating to me because I think the Jed Fish and, and one of his weird, oh, one of his few mess ups all year, I think made a mistake not putting Big Jonah Savanay at left tackle for the bowl game. Uh, Joe Borjon, as you know, as admirable as he is, it's totally cool that he is a. Uh, it's totally cool that he is a. Um, uh, how do I put this? A good swing backup tackle, but don't really love don't really love him starting. Um, not only do I not love him starting, it kind of showed for a reason. Jonas Savanay, a big Jonas, got to be that left tackle in my opinion. He's another player that's going to be a first round pick, and he's got to be the anchor of that line. We're going to talk about him more in just a second, but first, FanDuel. All right, check it out, fanduel.com slash locked on. Now, if you were watching that Arizona-Stanford game and you thought to yourself, man, I think Arizona's better than Stanford, or I think that Stanford's going to cover, you could have made a lot of money. And not only could you have made a lot of money, um, you could also say that to you could also say to yourself that uh um you could also say that, yeah, not only can I make a lot of money, I'd also like to uh, put it in with something that matters. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Check it out right now, my friends. Check it out. You will be a richer and wiser person for it. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats, and making this your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, now we're going to talk about the O-line some more. Obviously, you got Doors coming in, Northwestern transfer. He's going to start at one of the guard spots. I know that uh, some people don't know a ton about him, but he, the U of A staff loved him, absolutely loved him out of high school. It sounds like he is going to start at the guard spot opposite Wendell Moy. Um, Wendell Moy, obviously, I think you look for him to take another step. He's been a two-year starter at this stage. So there's a lot to like about the, the guard spots. Josh Baker's back for one more year. And then you got uh, Raymond Polito that I believe will be uh, playing at right tackle. Raymond obviously had a little bit of a rough Alamo Bowl, but that's okay because keep in mind, he was a freshman who had been playing guard all season. He had been in and out of the lineup hurt, um, putting him at tackle. Uh, and I think with a full off season, I think he's going to be just fine. I think the old line is going to be good, but again, you got to have Jonas Savanay at left tackle. I can't see any more Borjan out there. That was, that was tough to watch. Um, then defensively, you return almost everyone. Taylor Upshaw is a huge loss. Uh, Arizona, um, I think from internal improvement and the portal um, is going to try to address that. But on the on the D line, you're obviously looking at uh, Deuce Davis, who I think is going to be a breakout performer. I look for Deuce to get seven, eight sacks this coming year. Not only do I look for Deuce to get seven or eight sacks, I also look for Isaiah Ward to be in that mold as well. Keep in mind, Isaiah Ward had four sacks this past year. Uh, Deuce had three and a half. I look for them to double those. I really do. I think it's eight, eight and seven. Um, not only eight and seven. Um, and uh, then I think at the uh, at the uh, D tackle position, um, I think that you know getting Big Bill Norton back, um, I think that's going to be a huge thing because Big Bill Norton is somebody that. Uh, Big Bill Norton is something that I, uh, somebody that I, uh, I think really is unique for this team. Not only is he unique for this team, I think he's unique in college football. And uh, not only is that, I think that uh, I think he's, uh, 
I think he's going to be the kind of player that, you know, really, as long as he stays healthy, everybody kind of feeds off of, and he allows other players to, you know, to continue to do their thing. Obviously losing Jacob Kagaika is a big deal, but you've also got Tia Savea back for another year, which is good on the D line. You've also got, you've also got, uh, um, you know, between Tia Savea, between, uh, um, between, uh, 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 big, uh, big Bill Norton, you got, you got a lot there. Then you got Tai Tai Uyagalele on the line as well. Probably going to look to add another player or two, but either way, like the D line now at linebacker, it gets kind of interesting. Um, because we all know Jacob Manu is an absolute stud. And not only is Jacob Manu an absolute stud, um, he is a, uh, he's going to be an all American type. First team all conference this past year with tackles. Um, and then honestly, you know, the, I think the sacks is what really kind of surprised a lot of people. We're getting six and a half sacks this past year. Very, very impressive. Um, you got to find somebody else that can fit in right next to him, though. And I think that's got to be, uh, I think that's got to be Leviticus Sua. Um, I think you would love to see him kind of take that next step. Keep in mind, this was a player that was uh, stood out in the Trinity League, fringe top 100 player. Not only was he a fringe top 100 player, um, he was also a player that, uh, you know, he got to campus late and by late, I mean, on time. And so I think that set him back a little bit. But Brennan Carroll mentioned him towards the end of the year as a guy that has really seen him pick up his play. I think you'd like to see Leviticus Sua be that dude right next to Jacob Manu. Um, and then after that, you might want to try to find another linebacker, but I think you hope that that can be the guy that is right next to Jacob Manu. And then the secondary is loaded. The secondary is absolutely loaded. So you saw how good Takario Davis is, uh, but just by when he went out against Oklahoma, Takario Davis and Ephesians Prysock both back for their junior years. I think both of them probably head off to the NFL the following year. Um, and uh, not only do I think they're going to uh, head off to the NFL the following year, I think that they're also kind of at the stage now where you're like, hmm, uh, you know, what? Who's going to be in? Who's going to be in the roster behind them? And I think a big part of that is the uh, a big part of it is that uh, these two dudes are just different. They're NFL guys, and uh, Takario Davis can be around the ball. And not only can uh, Takario Davis be around the ball, if he can start intercepting some passes, he'd be an All-American. So there's that. And then Ephesians Prysock, obviously, plays, played up to his four-star billing. It's 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, They're good to rock and roll. And then at the, then at the nickel, you get Trey Stukes back. You're good. Now, also, you got Jordan Shaw coming in from Indiana. He's obviously a very good football player. And then uh, you got Jordan Shaw coming in. Um, I, he gives you a little bit of depth as well. You lose Charles Yates, which uh, was a little surprising, but I get because you're probably never going to start here. Um, wish him nothing but the best. He had, you know, he filled in admirably in the bowl game against Oklahoma. And then um, in the secondary, in the uh, safety spots, don't know what else to say other than my bad Gunner. You get Gunner Maldonado back. Gunner was Gunner became an absolute stud towards the end of the season and uh, was a very very worthy uh, recipient of the Alamo Bowl um, Defensive Player of the uh, of the game. And because again, you forced three turnovers, and not only that. He just he became kind of a stalwart in that uh, in that secondary. He was absolutely incredible. You got to love what you see out of you got to love what you see out of him. 
Um, and then Dalton Johnson. Dalton Johnson is a player that I think probably should have played a little bit more the previous year as he's significantly better than Christian Young. But why cry over spilt milk? Um, he obviously was uh, th both those two guys are monsters on the uh, on the at the safety spot. And both can be, I think, all conference caliber dudes. And then you've also got Genesis Smith. Genesis, Genesis Smith, as we've talked about, a nice safety, um, big dude, kind of looks like Adam Hall, had a nice interception. And not only did he have a nice interception, he also had um and they uh he also had a nice interception in the uh uh in the bowl game. And I think uh I think a big part of that is that uh you're going to continue to see him progress. Um, I thought he was a guy that was way underrated in uh, uh, high school. So again, it's a loaded team. And honestly, going into the Big 12, I think Arizona should be the favorite to win the Big 12. I would love to see. And again, I'm very, very happy to be going into the Big 12. But I think that uh, a lot of people need to look at it and be like, well, you know, um, not only is Arizona need to be, not only is Arizona the best team, I would just challenge which team is even really close because I think when you just look at it from a talent perspective, Arizona pretty much checks off every box. Really good defense? Yes. Really good quarterback offense? Yes. Continuity in the coaching staff? Yes. Now again, Arizona might lose a coach or two this offseason and that but that's that's part of the deal. Listen, when you start winning games, you start losing coordinators. Now, again, I have no idea if anybody's going to actually leave or not, but somebody like Johnny Nansen is definitely going to be somebody who is going to be in hot demand. I would encourage him to stay because I think if Jed Fish were to move on, Johnny Nansen would be the easy dude to just kind of step right in there. But either way, Arizona is in a nice, nice spot going forward, and we're going to talk about all that and more coming up. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, what does this mean for Arizona going forward? Going forward, again, I think Arizona is going to go into the season, preseason top 10. Um, and I think that they're, they should have every expectation of playing in the college football playoffs. What we've seen from Jed Fish's team is that each year they have gotten consider considerably better. From one win to five wins to 10 wins. Now, he can't keep doubling his win total because it's impossible to get to 20 wins, but can you get into that 14-win mold? Because, you know, with the way the playoffs are now, you can get into that. And I think Arizona is going to be able to do that. I think you're going to probably get two teams out of the Big 12. And the other thing, too, I don't want to hear people keep dissing on the Big 12, Big 12 football. I'm sorry. If I have to hear anything more about how good Big 10 football is, pfft. I'm not going to uh I'm going to lose it. Big Ten, we hear all the time about how great Big Ten football is. It stinks. It's all a bunch of slow, overrated teams, and they always get exposed. It's much like Big Ten basketball, where they get 19 teams in and they all lose. Uh the Big 12 is at least fun. It's fascinating. And keep in mind, last year they uh the previous year they had a team in the conf or in the uh BCS championship game. Yes, I know they got rolled by Georgia, but guess what? They beat Michigan, a Big Ten team, to get in there. So between that, between Kansas State, between Oklahoma State, uh, Utah coming in, Colorado has a massive overhaul in play. There's going to be a lot of good teams. That, there's going to be a lot of good teams, and I think it's going to be fun. Honestly, John Schuster put it really well. I think it's going to be an adventure, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm about. Again, 
the, uh, it was awesome that the Pac-12 had an awesome last season, but the Pac-12 to me was always on its last legs, mainly because you had a lot of presidents that didn't really care about football and basketball. You also had a lot of schools that just, quite frankly, I don't think really cared about sports. And that to me was always some of the issue. That's why I'm, like I said, that's why I'm ecstatic to be moving on to the uh, the Big 12. And I think Arizona is going to uh, Arizona is going to acquit itself very well. Kansas. Another very good team to uh, keep to keep an eye on, but again, Arizona just kind of checks off every box. And again, you got to give Jed Fish a ton of credit. I think the question now that you have with Jed Fish is, um, a question you have with Jed Fish is, what is that? Uh, you know, can can he? How far can he take this thing at Arizona? Can he be the Lute Olson of Arizona football? We all know that you know he's probably got his eyes set on bigger things. I think everybody knows that. But at the end of the day. Um, if you go to Florida, what's the best case scenario? You become the third best coach there? At Arizona, you could have monuments uh, made for you. And not only that, nobody's ever going to look at your success at Arizona and say, well, you know what? A bunch of other people have done it here too. They're going to look at it and say, that is all you, my friend. And again, I grew up watching Dick Tomey. had some good teams, but again, there was a limit to the Dick Tomey era. And I think if you're uh, with Jed Fish, I don't see that limitation. And I think with the way that he recruits, with the way that they develop talent, the way that everybody's on board, it's kind of a next level situation. So either way, this is an awesome time to be an Arizona football fan. I also feel that this is more sustainable than Dick Tomey's uh, situations because with Dick Tomey, it always felt like you were building up to get to that year and then the talent kind of evaporated. I mean, you got to remember like in 99, everybody's uh, you lost a significant, you lost way more from that team than you lost from this team. You lost Chris McAllister. Uh, you're, you're the best player on the team. You lost Yusuf Scott, the best lineman on the team. You lost Kelvin Ephon, the leader of the team. I can keep going. You lost, or uh, you lost quite a few dudes. You lost Jeremy McDaniel to the NFL. So again, it wasn't like it was just super simple, but either way, um, we're going to get back into some Arizona basketball tomorrow, start previewing the mountain schools coming up because again, Arizona, you got to get back on the winning track. But as always, thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. And I have been your host, Mike Luke.